All right, test, 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 test. One, two, three. Let's hear the waves, 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 waves. One, two, three. Check, 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 check it out. We gonna check, check, check it out. We gonna check with cats. We gonna black to black. Welcome to the chat with cats, where anything and everything goes, and your heart just always knows. Welcome everyone back to the chat with Cass and thank you for joining as I have this series for however long, however long it wants to be just connecting with beautiful like-minded hearts with different gifts, um, all on the conversation of the present moment, this coronavirus and recognizing the different emotions and feelings and emotional journey that this is taking us on and allowing ourselves to be present with all that is. These conversations aim to be a reservoir of connection and joy and a place of grounding for you to rest your hearts and your minds and your feet as we move through this together. I am deeply honored to have Dylan with me calling in from not too far away from Santa Monica um, or somewhere in LA. And Dylan is a quantum astrologer whose mission is to spread creative inspiration and personal understanding through the languages of astrology, music, music, and consciousness. And I'm so honored to have you here, Dylan. Thanks for hopping on. And I'm so curious what is going on in your field and what wants to flow through your channel today. So thank you. Thank you so much, Cass. I'm really glad to yeah. be here. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go, baby. What a time, what a time to be alive. What a time to connect and drop in. So uh, you know, I feel like in the past, the podcast, I'd be like, tell me your story and tell me all these things. And now it's like, yo, let's get to the meat of this. What, what wants to flow with you right now, just in regards to our time? Clarity. What does clarity mean for you? So this is the biggest thing that I have come to in the last couple of years is a definition of clarity that serves me on all levels of my being, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, buddhic, atmic, you go up and up and up and up. Mm. So what I'm talking about is clarity is surrender to the open-ended grace of unknowing. Mm. Okay, so what does that mean? Clarity is the surrender to the open-ended grace of unknowing. So first of all, there's, there's a couple of layers to this, right? This idea that there's a grace to unknowing. Mm. And what is unknowing? I mean, unknowing can mean deprogramming and kind of cleansing yourself of psychic patterns, attitudes, and assumptions that no longer serve. But there's also a deeper part of it, which is just not knowing in general. Right? I mean, okay. we're in such a phase. I mean, the, the way that the sequencing of the time of the recording of this versus when it hits live and everything like that, it's still relevant because in the moment that you're hearing me speak these words, in the moment that you're hearing Cass speak those words, we're actually in the same present moment. Um, that's the thing is because time is a feeling, not a number. So there's a lot of thoughts I have for today. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Not bad. Yeah. 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 Clarity is the surrender to the open-ended grace of unknowing. Wow. And how do we drop into this energy? How do we how do we really start to embody some of these these frequencies? I mean, you go right back to Brene Brown choosing courage over comfort. I mean, you go right back to what is vulnerability. You go right back to the difference between uh, loneliness and solitude, yeah. uh, which is a, it's such a key theme for me because you know you could be in a room full of people at a cocktail party, say for example. And you're surrounded by all these social interactions and engagements, but you could feel the loneliest you've ever felt in your life mm. versus being in solitude, which actually brings a certain calm, a certain luminosity, an encounter mm. with luminous, an encounter with the spiritual that is actually incredibly fruitful um, for people. Of course, there is 
I think there's a lot of hesitation right now from people about dropping into that. Um, hesitation meaning, well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to sit there, you know, yeah, right. I'm going to get bored. Where's my Netflix, right? Like, yeah. So I think there's a lot of hesitation because we're out of practice a little bit. Uh, spiritually. Mm, yes. Yes. Amazing. Um, yeah. So tell us more. What is this something that, um, yeah, like what's coming through even the quantum field for the collective right now from your lens? So from my lens, I think the biggest thing I could possibly share with people, because um, it's one thing to talk about loneliness and solitude, and that sounds like artful and poetic and everything like that. But um, there's actually a story I wanted to share with you, which even came through when I, I rolled the Astro Dice this morning, and it was like North Node in Cancer in the fourth house. And I'll tell you what that means is the energy of um, retreat. Uh, so I used to go, um, in college, I used to go to this jacuzzi. Um, I actually love jacuzzis. I love hot water. I'm Neptune in the 12th house. So it's like, for me, it's like any kind of warm, you know, jet that's actually yes. fired up is just like, for me, is like the, you know, <laughs> the ultimate. Yeah, the ultimate. <laughs> so I was in there and I would, I actually made friends with this, um, this Lama and his name was Lama Migmar. And he was this Buddhist, um, practitioner. And he basically, shared with me some of the wisdom of like how he spends his time on a daily basis. And pretty much every single time I would go there, I used to go on like Thursdays or Fridays, I would ask him like, what are you doing this weekend? Thinking that he, I don't know, maybe he would go to a restaurant, maybe it's been time. Yeah. His answer every single week was always the same, retreat. Mm. I'm sitting here going, I'm thinking that he's going to like some Vipassana or situation or something where you go in the woods. Yeah. Retreat every single weekend in his home. Mm. That was just what he did. And so, Retreat doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, there's all, we have these wonderful notions from, you know, religions and spiritual practices and wisdom traditions around Shabbat and things like that. But he simply um, kind of just hunkered down is the wrong word, but like focused. Mm. Retreat can just mean focus. You know, retreat can just mean focus on things that perhaps you're not used to focusing on. So yeah. I had a friend yesterday who was telling me she bought several puzzles, you know, for the next couple of weeks. And somebody yeah. else bought like, um, you know, tools to, to give massages, like those massage bars you can get, uh, just various different ways of um, not necessarily slowing down. Slowing down is one way of phrasing it. I like productive deceleration better. Yes. I love productive deceleration because you're still getting things done because yeah. another um, thing from the quantum field is this idea that relaxation is creativity. Yeah. We talked about this because it's, it's based on the idea of psychic bandwidth. When you let go, when you create space, when you open up um, some space on your interior that is creativity because then new things can flow in so relaxation is by definition creativity yes amen yeah and I, what I really hear in that too is is you know when whenever anyone is shifting from one way of being into a new way of being typically it's a choice and right now we're actually being automated to choose like we almost have to choose to retreat we have to choose to be in and it's almost like this external reality that is causing our internal reality to be that of I need to be inside and retreat and in that transition it's like it can stir up every single fucking emotion in the world and so I'm also hearing like permission to be with all that is as you start to nestle into this focused energy around yeah coming back into that and 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 being okay and recognizing that everything like you're saying is a practice and so when we we are malpracticed at something um the only way to come back into that is to have compassion with ourselves as we begin to warm up the bat and play that new game. 
everything is a practice and the present moment is a practice. Mm. The present moment is not a switch that you turn on and you're eternally present. Yeah. I mean, I wish it were, but it's, it's yeah. actually not. It requires, it requires a consistent and ongoing and kind of, um, I want to say like resilient um, uh, way of paying attention to not just the present moment, but the content of your present arising. Mm. That puts it in a different frame for me because it's everyone says the present moment. Yes. I mean, there's another layer there, which is the content of your present arising, which is pretty much saying whatever it is that is bubbling up at the moment, right? Yes. Um, that's actually yes. a different frame. And, um, you know, just tracking with some of the astrology as well. I mean, I think w the beautiful thing about astrology is that it's a holographic um, system of the sky, right? So I can look at your chart and it will be true for everyone. Mm. I can look at my chart and it'll be true for everyone because the deeper you go into the smallest speck of dirt, for example, um, the, the truth of the cosmos is actually unveiled that way. Right. So just speaking of um, slowing down and, and you said be in, which I love those two words, be in. Um, that to me is cancer. Um, mm. That to me is the energy of the crab, the energy of self-nurturing and emotional sensitivity and care. Uh, mm. These are energies for you, Cass, that are concentrated in your eighth house with the asteroid Chiron and the planet Jupiter. Um, so just not, I'm not going to go too deep into this. Suffice to say that um, belief systems, caring for belief systems right now is actually mm. so huge because we're undergoing a paradigm shift. We're undergoing a complete and total metamorphosis. It's one thing to say change. It's another thing to say transformation. Uh, that's what's happening right now. So there's there's actually a complete and total, and a lot of it too is Capricorn, which is where your Saturn is expressed. Um, you have Saturn in, in the 21st degree of Capricorn in the second house. So for all of you astros listening, Cass just um, kind of experienced her Saturn return and she was asking me a second ago, is this still happening? I think <laughs> the short answer is not really, but the long answer is yes, because Saturn is about psychic responsibility. And it's really that self-mastery that comes from that. And what does psychic responsibility mean? It means that you're attending to your psyche and mm. you're attending to the, to the needs, the impulses and the capacities of the deep self, mm. uh, the deeper parts of yourself. So Capricorn very much about structure, structures of society, orders of achievement and hierarchy in the world. For example, professional, the, the idea of professional success or the C-suite, the myth of the C-suite. Um, these are all things that come up in Capricorn. They're all changing. That's mm. the thing. They're all changing. You look at stocks for work from home technology right now, they're soaring because people, right. people are just like, oh my goodness, is work from home the new normal? Is this a trend or is this a yeah. Right. Yeah. What I'm really present to, Dylan, in, in your speaking is just the shift of languaging and um, the nuanced words that you find that allow us to have a deeper understanding and a deeper layer of, quote, the present moment, of being in, of, yeah, just... Yeah, it's very powerful. And I almost feel like this whole collective shift right now is causing us to go deeper into that. And um, I'm finding a lot of people saying, I don't even know how I feel right now. And it's because it feels like every single feeling is new because what we're experiencing is completely new. And I'm finding through this conversation right now that we're actually birthing a whole new language and a whole new world. Light language. Light language. Light language. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, there's a difference between Okay, one step back. Let's talk about intention yeah. for a second. Yeah. Anybody can set an intention in language. Not everybody can set an intention in spirit. Mm. Those are two different layers of the onion. It's like yeah. some personality versus consciousness. And it's, it's not versus, it's not a competition. But yes. I mean, like 
personality. Too, yeah. yeah, it's one layer of the onion, and then you go into consciousness. That's another layer of the onion. People say ego and soul. You can say particle and wave from quantum physics. Okay. Yeah. It goes. There's all these parallels. But what I'm saying is that, um, you know, language, um, like the idea of repetition, like like a parrot can repeat anything. Anybody. Um, Stephen Forrest talks about this in the Book of Earth, and he words it really nicely. This is Stephen Forrest is an evolutionary astrologer who blends um, psychology, spiritual psychology, with metaphysics, and he is somebody who I've studied with in San Diego um, at his apprenticeship program. And one of the things he says is that anybody can become the guru du jour, right? Like oh. in, in Los Angeles, especially, many people are kind of repeating these wise phrases and these uplifting paradigms. Uh, it's another thing he says to find and cultivate the silence within. Mm. So where are we at in the wow. collective right now? Where are we at in the collective right now? We are cultivating the silence within. We are being wow. in. Yeah. Being in, that's huge. Yeah, that's a scary place for a lot of people. Because of, yeah. Well, because, you know why? Because light language is newly downloaded into the, um, you talk about quanta in quantum physics, these idea of um, densely packed, uh, light codes and information. I mean, you see a lot of this on Instagram. You see a lot of kind of like source fields, yes. source code. Like, what does this all mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's what you, I think it, what I think the answer is, it means what you are ready for it to mean in the context mm-hmm. of your experience. Mm-hmm. It has to, because it's yeah. all readiness. It's readiness, yeah. and the gates of readiness. Nothing, manifestations do not happen. Manifestations must pass through the gates of readiness in order for them yeah. to be real. Yeah. <laughs> If something happens, I mean, it wouldn't happen if you weren't ready for it. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And wow, I'm just, I'm getting a really cool image right now of basically as we're going deeper and peeling in this onion, like we're, we're digging into the earth's core. We're getting deeper into our truths, into the heart of what really matters and what really wants to stand. And as we're doing that, light language is allowing us to have, to give us permission to go there, right? So these different languages, different way of being, these different energy frequencies that are being activated is actually giving us permission to go. Um, and one of the things that I've been getting downloads about is how too many of us have considered ourselves like followers and we're all actually leaders and we all have a message to share and we all ha- we're all students and we're all teachers, but it feels as if there's been a really big increase in those people calling themselves teachers kind of taking over and there being a very clear divide between teacher and student. And right now it feels like we're all being activated into the teacher role um, and activating our voices, activating our truths and you know, really feeling courageous, like you're saying about Brene, about Brene Brown to speak up and share what's coming through because this is the crown opening, right? The coronavirus opening and, and downloading our channels to truth. There is no one alive who is not teaching their own frequency through emanation, period. There is no one alive who is not teaching their own frequency through emanation. And it's not about sharing endless essays. I mean, you can do that certainly, but there's not, it's not about kind of lecturing. And I mean, yes, there's that, but the age, right. of, the age of the guru, I mean, honestly, Paul Selig talks about this in the book of mastery and the book of knowing and worth. And I'm sure in other pieces of his literature, the guides, he channels his guides, um, a consortium of um, spiritual psychologists essentially who come through him. And they're saying the age of the guru is kind of no longer. It's yes. kind of really a thing because emanation doesn't require that you sit there on a pedestal. I mean, yes. emanation just requires that you breathe. Yeah. That you're breathing, that you're alive. And um, I want to talk a little bit about a particular form of light, because people, when you hear light language, what is light yeah. language? Yeah, please. So I'll yeah. give you an example of light language that I'm studying currently. I mean, informally, informally, it's been the last six years on and off astrology, music, and consciousness. But here's one thing. Um, this idea of 
vague clarity. And vague clarity in the 21st century on Instagram, for example, can look like a read receipt, a message that goes unresponded to but is seen. Mm. That, that can be vague clarity because you can actually communicate through the unsaid. So vague clarity is a form of light language because it speaks in energy, not necessarily language. Mm. Um, we're learning to communicate with subtle energy right now. Um, read receipts are just one example. Um, another example would be, um, you know, on email, if you use that extension where you can see if somebody's opened an email. I mean, there's a lot of different ways of peering into um, what, has, what was previously kind of a private domain of authorship or a private domain of creativity. Mm. These domains are opening up. We're, we're getting transparency, whole new thing. A great book if you want to read about transparency is by Penny Pierce. It's called Transparency. <laughs> talks about how to communicate during what she calls the bridge time from the information age to the intuition age. We're in a huge shift. I mean, by the way, everything we're talking about predicted years and years and years ago by yeah. plenty, of people, plenty of wise people. Um, it's, it's not about saying, I mean, they clear, another example of they clarity would be Nostradamus. Um, I'm not endorsing his predictions or his qualtrains or anything like that, but he, people say he was the astrologer who saw through time. I mean, he, some people are saying he mm. predicted 9-11, he predicted the burning of Notre Dame, he predicted um, all kinds of floods and serious fires and things like that. But what he really did, if you look into his qualtrains, which I'm not an expert, but if you look into them, is that he was using vague clarity. He was, he was saying mm. simultaneously apply to everyone, no one, and just you. <laughs> yeah. We're learning to speak generally and specifically at the same time. That's a gift. Yeah. Wow. And it sounds like even I'm thinking of vague, vague clarity in person, even just recognizing how tuned into energy we are, even though our world's distracted us from thinking that. We can mm -hmm. feel it. We can know it. Like we're you becoming knowing. Information. I mean, the thing is, um, you know, plenty of people have established that emotion equals energy in motion. Um, it's another thing to say that energy itself is actually composed of ge geometries, um, like crystalline geometries, like Masuro Emoto, maybe I got his name wrong. There's a book called The Shape of Water mm. or something like that, where he basically um, is correlating, like, you know, if you were to meditate next to an ice cube, but as it forms, the crystalline structure of the ice cube is different than if you didn't do that. Wow. Um, so the idea that there's this, my word for it is subplanar geometry mm. um, that, that kind of sits beneath, I mean, this is kind of a quantum idea, that, like these structures of human experience, which is very Capricorn. Um, yeah. We're seeing this all change right now with the way people identify with, you know, structures of work from home, structures of read receipts, structures of um, takeout versus going to a restaurant. That's huge right now. Yeah. Um, things are all changing in that realm. And sometimes, I mean, astrologers have been saying this since I started getting into astrology, they've been saying it forever. Sometimes it does take something that is unpleasant or something that is yeah. dangerous um, to actually yeah. prompt or enact or, you know, that kind of transformation. And do you view vague clarity as something I'm thinking even this morning, I did my own Reiki wash and meditation is even vague clarity, right? Like, it's not like this rec, like, it almost feels like what I'm receiving from this, and this may be totally wrong, but this is the, the energy I'm receiving is that um, vague clarity is also moving away from the actual physical tangible, right? And so it's almost like this believing in this energetic force field beyond us. So if I'm sitting in meditation, I don't actually know the facts except for random studies of like how this is helping me. I don't actually know the facts of Reiki, but I know that this energetic force field is working and I, I can trust and believe in this intangible spirit. And let's be clear. It's not blind trust. It's not blind faith. It's, it's in, yes. indefinite certainty. 
it's, it's indefinite certainty. I love your language. <laughs> I could go on forever. But it's this, it's this thing of saying that you're going from logical linear to spatial holistic. Spatial holistic. Okay, I would just break it down for a second. Spatial, Please. like space, space, space. What is space? Like space goes with time in, in physics, space, time, time, space. Yeah. Uh, space, this idea of um, spaciousness, the spaciousness of the present moment. Uh, the open-ended grace of unknowing, the open, open space. Like mm. uh, before we started, we did a meditation with, was it dandelions or? Um, we were in the sunflower field, yeah. Sunflower field, okay. Uh, <laughs> but that created space on my interior. And mm. real estate, I mean, Jung talks about the psyche as a country. Think about that for a second. Yeah, right? Wow. <laughs> so indefinite certainty means your GPS is your guide. I mean, it's like when you send a rocket into space, um, for the first little bit, they're controlling it from command central, and then it goes on to autopilot. Mm. You know, when the rocket, you know, reaches that point, um, command central is no longer, like with the joystick, you're no longer doing it. You're no longer guiding the rocket. The rocket goes on its own intelligence at a certain point. Mm. We're reaching that point collectively. We're reaching yes. that point of release, productive deceleration, relaxation is creativity, and um, retreat. I think it's retreat. I think, I mean, yeah. I really do. Because the thing is, six months from now, we will have a different understanding of what it means to, to ration. We will have a different understanding of what it means to be um, circumspect in certain areas of our life. Um, these are all just words and language for what I'm saying is like metamorphosis. Which yes. Is yeah. And do you have any, like, have you had any downloads or ideas about our currency shifting, money shifting, how, you know, business, I mean, the whole world is going to be different as we know it, but I've just been like curious about that. So it's fascinating to look into the astrology of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. It's fascinating mm. to the way, you know, the Fed is doing all kinds of things with the interest rate right now. And um, what I will say about that is the currency, I mean, this sounds really meta, but the currency I'm very interested in is the currency of vision. Mm. Uh, so vision, vision, vision currency, first of all, vision versus gaze. I could go on forever about that. That's another topic. We'll get into that in a second. First mm. things first though, um, the currency of vision that you hold is a way of outpicturing your reality. Mm. So if you hold a currency of fear, um, that is what you are outpicturing. You will mm. see that. You will see that for yourself. So um, Paul Selig and his guides talk about lifting above the vision of fear mm. into the vision of love. This is not the end, comma. This is the yeah. beginning. That's a whole new, that's a shift right there. This is the beginning. Yeah. Because, um, again, a currency is a, is a mode or a means of exchange. Um, I just did a, a reading for somebody recently, and it was all about currencies of um, kind of this topic, currencies of vision versus gaze, because vision um, is like a physical thing like it can be a very physical thing where you're look i'm looking at this hourglass and i see that it's um dripping down whatever whatever gaze implies imaginal perception and for those of you listening if you've heard the word imaginal it's different from imagination um imagination is this it kind of floats a little bit in the sense of oh that's not necessarily real imaginal implies functional imagery like mm, right. real, stuff, real stuff that comes to service. So you ask about currency. I'm going to I'm going to transform that a little bit into this idea of um, metaphysical currencies that will become more relevant, more real, more tangible. Whoa, amazing. 
but also Bitcoin is fascinating. I'm just not an expert in that area. Right yeah, now. I don't know anything about it, but wow. Gaze versus vision. Yeah, because vision, I mean, listen, gaze, um, first of all, a gaze is something you cast, whereas a vision is what you see. Two different things. Mm. Wow. Yeah. There's another layer there, Cass. Mm. Uh, one of the esoteric visionaries that I follow named Polina, um, Polina Otskina, she talks about programmatic gaze. So when you look at something for its potential, when you mm. see something in its potential, you create a possibility. That is such a wisdom nugget right there. Like, I mean, really, when, right. you, when you gaze at the hourglass and you don't just see that it's half done, so therefore 15 minutes have gone by, you actually see <laughs> the potential for a whole other world to unlock itself in the next 15 minutes. Wow. Um, so that's kind of the idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting this, this recognition of everyone seeing their own power through this phase of retreat in ways that we have never before. <laughs> Well, like what we hold with light language and vague clarity and relaxation you can actually um you know those this i just got a very interesting vision you know those buses that run from like they have that little antenna on top and they hook up into like a yes. yes yeah we can do that now like you know they're gone, are the, days, gone are the days of climbing why would you climb when you can lift oh baby <laughs> yes seriously right i mean just just lift it i mean lift your perception going to love and so much more will come online for you. So much more will just be available in the present moment. The content of your present rising will shift entirely. Yep. So how would you uh, explain to someone how to lift your perception into love? It starts with noticing. Okay. Simple, simple acts of noticing. Every time that you are pulled into a, I'm not going to say negative, but misdirected energy current, um, you notice it. And when you notice it, you give it consciousness. You, you, you literally bring a spacious awareness to it. And from that spacious awareness is a, a pregnancy of possibility that will propel you forward, period. Wow. I mean, because the action of truth, says Paul Selig's guides, is to propel you forward. Mm -hmm. So when you are in your truth, when you're alignment into the vibration of truth, you will be propelled forward into the knowing that you need to claim your worth because you only can create from the level of self-worth that you attend to in your knowing. That's a deep one. That took me the better part of- Yeah, you need to say that one for the people again. So you can only create from the level of self-worth that you attend to in your knowing. So this comes from the book of Knowing and Worth by Paul Selig. And it's called the book of Knowing and Worth because you have to be in your knowing to claim your worth. Mm. Like that's just- Yes, a, right. Of, so yeah. like, when talk about When we're talking about love dropping into love how do you do that um first things first notice the patterns the archetypal patterns the synchronicities um that 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 don't propel you forward right i mean like that's yeah. that. like are you in neutral are you in reverse or are you yeah. in, right it's like a car yeah amen um one of the things i've been noticing is the balance of people looking at the news and kind of opening that door and recognizing how much that's causing them to be in a fear state and then trying to choose to be back in love. What's your heart saying about the news and how to, how to stay grounded in facts that feel supportive, but also still choose to, to kind of tune into your own channel of news inside? Yeah, I think there's a couple ideas here. The first idea is constant partial attention, which is so prevalent in the 21st century among especially yeah. 
<laughs> <laughs> like I'm taking notes as I'm talking to you. Even that is like not full attention, yeah. but yeah. I'm doing, I have to. Yeah. The, yeah. Sec- the second idea is um, curating, curation. Mm. How do you curate your life, right? So when you go on to any, for example, news source, like, I mean, Apple News is curated, right? Like yeah. uh, those editors who are selecting what you should read, I think it comes down to the question of should do versus could do. Um, mm. There's a lot of energy around this is the information we should be taking in versus another frame which says this is the information you could take in. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people, um, I mean, and, and there's part of it that's driven by fear, but then there's also like basic survival, right? Like, yeah. we're kind of also in this moment in a huge way of surviving. Yes. And, um, I'm not, I, there's no amount of crystals or anything else or metaphysical, you mm-hmm. know, criticism that can, I mean, it was so funny because um, there was somebody at Trader Joe's, I, I heard from a friend yesterday who was, he was saying, we have toilet paper, we have paper towels, we don't have quinoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it really shows you, I mean, we're, we're stepping into an understanding of what is essential and mm-hmm. we're stepping into an understanding of your personal essential. Um, your personal essential is different from my personal essential and that's okay. Um, there's a lot of consumption. I mean, th- mindful consumption of the news is, has been written about, right? Like that's, that's something that yeah. people actually go and study and research and um, I don't know the experts in that field, but what I will say is yeah. that a lot of it has to do with filtering and yeah. strength of your filter, right? So, um, you know, filtering has to do with discernment. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole yeah. there that, you know, it's very fascinating, but it's all, I think it comes down to um, really trying less and allowing more. Yeah. Uh, that's my favorite, my de- defining mantra, and you know this about me for the last number of years now has been four words that simply say, try less, allow more. Yeah. So try less to, I don't know, kind of consume everything and maybe yeah. allow, allow the information that you need to actually be taken in to come when it, when you're ready for it or when you need it yeah. and you know, kind of go from there. Yeah. I just got, for, for some reason, uh, related this to, you know, when you're like reaching out to look at your ex-boyfriend's page of Instagram, when you're like, you know, it doesn't actually serve you, but you're just curious, you know, you're just curious what's going on there. Um, it's the same thing with the news of being in discernment around when to check it and like why you're actually doing it and connecting back to the sacred why. Um, but knowing that checking back on your ex-boyfriend's page doesn't always make you feel good. So why do you keep doing that? <laughs> another, another analogy would be like opening a Christmas present before Christmas. Yes. You shouldn't do it, but I mean, well, you could do it, but I mean, it just feels, feels good, good for a second. Yeah. It feels good yeah. for a second, but then it's like, ooh, wait, there's there's strings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of feel feeling good for a second it feels like we're really dropping into more of a like a longevity iv drip of love versus these quick hits of feels good to go to yoga class it feels good to go to the grocery store it feels good to go see a friend it feels good it feels good it's like this drug we've been on and now we're we're connecting into our own like iv drip of just like the pure slow divinity presence my ultimate wish for everyone listening but also everyone who listens and then talks to people in their orb about this episode or anything we've talked about would be um, to trust yourself. Like, just trust your source field, like your source, like your particular. This was actually shared with me about a month and a half ago. Somebody I was speaking to said, um, you know, say for example, you have a dream, right? And there's um, a lot of symbols and imagery in your dream. 
Yeah. A lot of the impulse from people when they first wake up is to Google what does it mean? To, yes. What does it mean yes. to be placed in a dream? What does it mean to be um, have your teeth falling out? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and there's another layer of the onion which says your personal cosmology, your personal vocabulary, your personal dictionary is the only one that matters. Yeah. Because you are you, and that, you know that's it. Like yeah. outside of yourself, that's those words I just said. There's nothing outside of yourself are so deep that, I mean, really, it's, it's, like it's been taking me five years to even begin to start understanding what that means. There is nothing yeah. out of yourself. Yeah. So dropping into that, I mean, it's kind of this idea of like your personal truth. Mm. And this is another thing I'll say is um, how do we move from, again, like you said, yoga, grocery, whatever, to using ourself as a sustained source for truth mm. use yourself as the source for truth have you ever thought of that it's like right it's yourself it's like plugging into your own universe your own myth mm. your personal yeah. past, the myth that defines you i mean this is what i talk about when i talk about and this is what i say in my book which is coming out soon is this idea that everyone has a story but not everyone has narrative perception mm. the ability to read and write your life like a book so your friends become characters, the major events in your life become plot twists. Because yeah. Yeah. when you do that, you can actually adopt future presence, which is this idea that the future is occurring right now as a presence. Mm. So there's a couple layers here, which basically get back to the core idea of trusting yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge. And, you know, I think about, even for me, just recognizing it, it became so clear, like in 24 hours, what I want to be doing and what I want to be shifting my sacred offerings to, how I want to be channeling my voice. And that means that some of my stuff that I have been doing has fallen off. Have you experienced this with, with your creative field at all? Yeah, it's, it's actually very interesting. Um, there's an energy here, which is um, picture two train tracks, right? Picture the train track of um, reality and picture the train track of your dreams for reality. There's a point in astrological symbolism, when you're 29 and a half years old, it's called the Saturn return. And that's when the two tracks meet. So mm -hmm. it's when you make a deal with reality. It's when you say, hey, here's what I thought my life was about. Here's all my biggest aspirations, goals, dreams, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like Saturn comes and like, it's like, get out the checkbook, balance your checks. Like, you know, get out the real world responsibilities, get out your duties, get out your karma. Um, a lot of that can involve things that are not in the truth space falling off, right? Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, yes, I've, yeah. ex I've experienced it on the level of um, trust. So I've actually had a whole new trust system come online in the last like year, two years. Uh, oh. what, it, what does it take in order for me to put my trust in something or to cultivate trust? That's a huge thing for me. Yeah, I love it. Wow. And right now... If people want to connect with you, you know, what are you offering or where is your Instagram? What is it? What do you want to share with how people can get in touch? For sure. So there's a couple of projects um, to keep an eye out for. Um, one of them is a book that I'm uh, self-publishing um, called Zephyr Speaks Astrology for Future Presence. And this is a reprint of horoscopes that I wrote um, in the, over a course of six weeks, actually, this last fall for Mystic Medusa on her platform. Um, she invited me. We went back and forth in correspondence. Um, it was actually a great learning opportunity for me to be able to guest write these horoscopes. 
um, I wrote them under the pen name of Zephyr. And so this book, and then now officially this podcast, I guess, is the first time that I'm coming out as Zephyr. Yeah. For the longest time, people are saying, oh, Zephyr, nice horoscope, Zephyr this, Zephyr that. And it's like, actually, my name is Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> so I published those, um, or I'm going to publish those a little bit, probably Aries season, um, coming up here soon. And I'm also launching an instant report on my website, which is also in development. So um, the instant report will give you a chance to plug in your astrological data, birth, time, location, and date. And then it will pull from about 20,000 words of copy that I've written um, and tailor it to you. So for example, for you, Cass, um, if you were to plug in your birth data, um, it would would generate a report saying, okay, well, you have Jupiter in Cancer, so you get a paragraph for that. You have Neptune in Capricorn. You have Mercury and Aquarius, here's what you need to know type of a thing. Mm. So working on the report, working on the book, and then you, but for right now, I mean, absolutely doing readings, just did two readings this past week, um, writing a lot of music, I'm also a composer. So my offerings involve pretty much just spreading creative inspiration and personal understanding through the languages of astrology, music, and consciousness. You can find me on Instagram at dylan.field.parisi, P-E-R-E-S-E. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, listen, if you have ever wondered what your astrology chart sounds like, this is something I can do. I do this for people. Uh, mm-hmm. I compose charts. So I look at the chart, the wheel with all the archetypes and the energies, and I, I hear the music that way, intuitively, spiritually. I've been told I have a strong connection to the cosmic ear. There's other words for it, including Clara audience, I mean, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, really, it just comes down to creative inspiration and personal understanding. It's about positioning yourself in the cosmos so you can actually play to your strengths and self-validate and really move forward with um, not just physical strength, but emotional and spiritual strength too. Powerful. Yeah, Dylan, thank you. You are just, you you are in the deep, deep nugget and treasure of the truth. And I just so appreciate your language and your power and the way in which you share. It is truly sensational and of nothing else I've ever experienced. So thank you for being on. Is there anything else that you want to transmute for the listeners i just want to say you are so sweet um i love you <laughs> i love you <laughs> uh, this has been so much fun um, yeah and yeah i mean my Oralite crystal says hello by the way <laughs> yes we're, we're on video but for everyone listening it's actually a billion years old wow um, crazy and then i've also been working with a ton of rose quartz go get your rose quartz right now everyone mm. uh, unconditional love i took this through tsa she confiscated it and she said what is this rock and i said actually this is a crystal for unconditional love she paused she smiled and she said okay <laughs> <laughs> we need that right now yes Thank unconditional you. love without any condition what do you say about unconditional love dylan unconditional love is the way yes yes so amazing well thank you all for listening i'll put everything in the show notes and yeah just take the nuggets that feel good i feel like you could listen to this podcast so many different times and get different nuggets so thank you all we are open to conversation we're open to hearing your truths your stories right now as we're moving through this together as a collective one love one pulse one heart let's rock this baby thanks dylan let me just